Welcome to the latest episode of BAM Weekly. That's Boris and Matt Weekly. It's funny that it's called Boris and Matt Weekly because we're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I'm joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. It is hilarious how that works, ain't it, buddy? It's like we planned it like that. Some kind of some kind of situation similar to that. I don't know what's going on today already. Yeah, the internet's been all down. We're having some trouble recording these things lately, Boris, but hopefully we get that sorted. But you know what? We're here. We're swinging away, buddy. Can't keep a good team down. Exactly. What are we going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about the MLB. Things are heating up in certain divisions. Uh, there's also MLB award watch time. True. Because there's a lot of tight races there, so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about NFL Week 1 and Fantasy Week 1. We're also then going to shift into the wrestling portion where we're going to be talking about ROH TV and ROH Death by Dishonor because that was a fun little show. I think that that's that's pretty much where we're at this week, man. Yeah, nice and easy. Sometimes we pack these shows super tight, but today we're just we're going to keep it nice and easy. Nice bam of honor episode. We'll talk a lot of ROH and uh next week we're going to come in with a gimmick I think off the top rope with the uh top 5 cage matches of all time. I think uh, that that's been the talk ever since the Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks cage match in AEW recently. Anyway, so we're going to whip that up. That one's in the lab. That'll come at you next week. But uh, for now, buddy, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. It's been a crazy week. Honestly, it's been super hectic. Um, this is honestly the first week that I feel like I've also been able to relax in nice. a long time. Nice, That's good. As you know, I've been home. Yes, yes. <laughs> nice to see you. Yeah. We, we are recording this live. You can probably tell from the difference in audio quality, especially on my end. Ah, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> but yeah, no, it feel, everything feels pretty good. Everything's going really well. I can't wait for the yeah. I can't wait for this weekend. Yes, sir. Zero plans for once. Nice man, definitely chill out, lounge out. Are you gonna be in town in Toronto? Yeah, I think I I think I will be at least uh, one of the days. Uh, I need to do some uh, parental visit. Yes, a grand parental visit nice. at some point. Um, but uh, outside of that, like really, I have zero plans. Really looking forward to it. Uh, my catch up on some NWA power oh, with all of the R's. That's good. I've uh, sworn off that show for the year as you know but uh, more power to you buddy <laughs> you know what I, I've been hearing really good things um, on Slam Wrestling Bob Kapoor covered it this week nice. and it sounded like he liked it so you know it, cool give it a shot man exactly exactly might even watch some uh, they, there's the Impact Plus special Victory Road I believe it's called this week oh interesting uh, is that Christian Cage versus Brian Myers uh, no that's Christian Cage versus someone not Brian Myers All right, all right. versus someone I don't know. Uh, not goes to show you, goes to show you how up to date we are with not, the product. Not impact heads around here. No, unfortunately, unfortunately, we're not. But uh, yeah, so yeah, that's pretty much what I have going on for this weekend. Uh, but like I said, yeah, this week I've been working. We've been podcasting. We've been living like, uh, uh, like it's um, you know. Freaking Amish sometimes without power. I don't know what's going on in our little slice of Toronto. Yeah, brownouts as they say, and yeah, straight up blackouts for a couple hours. But hey, man, it's uh, you know, it is what it is. It looks like we got some uh, some light here, some electricity. I think we're recording. I think things are rolling. So I think so too. Let's let's. I see the dial moving. <laughs> I think we can matters. hold it out for sixty to ninety more minutes, and then go build a campfire in the backyard. <laughs> Get some water by the drinking hole. Yep. Actually, I will tell you a little something, something that I am going to do this weekend. Oh, what's so, 
The lady friend is huge into TikTok. Loves her TikTok videos. Okay. Sends me TikTok videos. Do I watch them? That's for me to know and other people <laughs> to find out. But there are some, you know, the food ones interest me. Because, like, there's there's a, there seem to be a lot of trends, the food trends. Like, have you heard of this TikTok pasta and stuff like that? Uh, sort of. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't have TikTok either, but I do, like, I am on the internet. I'm yeah. fairly online, so I've seen them here and there. Yeah. Anyways, there's one thing that I do want to try. Not this this stupid pasta that you bake and throw stuff into it. It is basically you take your cup of noodles. Okay. Like a regular, like, just a, that you buy at the corner store, cup for of soup. Like, yeah, for like 30 cents or whatever. Yes. You um, boil the noodles. Okay. And I'm sure this can work with anything. Of course. But it's like, you know, the cheap option for stuff. Then in a pan, add some garlic. Add some cream or milk. Okay. Add some cheese. Interesting. Add some sriracha. Sriracha. A little cheesy, rui, sriracha-y, saucy yeah. thing. Then you add the noodles. Okay. And then you eat it like this. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I All might right. try that this weekend. It, uh, that, it sounds like an exciting weekend. You've got congratulations on all your success. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope, though. I can, I can definitely see myself eating that. Are you the type who cracks an egg in a bowl of ramen? Have you seen that move oh, yeah. before? Oh, yeah. yeah. A thousand percent I am. Yeah. I'm that guy. You're that guy. I'm that I've, guy. I've done it before once or twice. I used to, I, when I first moved to Toronto, my buddy was like very kind enough to, to kind of take me into his home for a couple uh, months when I was in between houses. And they, they lived... In a family that boy, they cracked a lot of eggs into ramen and did uh, some cool weird shit with uh, with food. So I, I ate it there. I don't uh, I don't love it that much, you know. I'm not a huge eggs guy. I like eggs in the morning. I'm a eggs traditionalist. Yeah, you see, I can have eggs. I, like it's like cereal. I can have it at any point yeah. of the day. Any point of the day. It's funny that you say that because I love a cereal snack. I really do. But for some reason, eggs. I'm just the anti of that egg commercial. Like eggs for dinner, they are weird. You are weird for. Eating them. Are you a ketchup on egg guy? It, it depends. It depends. If it's like an omelet with a lot of good stuff in it, then no. But like generally like scrambled eggs, yeah. Interesting. Look it up. I'm just completely anti-ketchup. Really? Unless it's a burger. I just don't want ketchup near it. I'll, I'll put ketchup on a lot of things. I like ketchup on a hot dog. There I said it. With other things, not just ketchup. A little mustard, a little relish, a couple onion, ketchup. That's See, nice. That's a good dog. I change it up. I change it up with hot dog. Sometimes I might just want, you know, that, that spicy relish. Ah, interesting. You know, and some sauerkraut or some yeah. onions. Another day, I might just want ketchup and a little bit of mustard. Yeah, I'll mix them. What of you? <laughs> beef? Question mark? <laughs> no, but like... beef? Yeah. But I don't understand how someone can have the same hot dog over and over and over and over. Ultimately, Boris, variety is the spice of life, I feel like. And I do try to mix it up a little bit, too. But yeah, go-to hot dog is ketchup, mustard, relish, little onion. That's that's the key right there. Oh, man. I'm that's getting the, hungry. Yeah, right? <laughs> nice four colors. All the four colors of the rainbow. Red, yellow, green, and white. That's all the rainbow is, right? Yeah. Uh, Roy G. Biv, <laughs> man. Roy G. Biv. Yes, yes. Yes, very much. But yeah. Yeah, so that's basically my weekend in a nutshell. Um, we'll see what happens. What are your plans? I Not a whole lot. I work a little bit on the weekend, but I actually have Saturday off this week, which is nice. Uh, I work a long shift on Friday, but whatever. That's fine. Um, yeah, I, funny. I probably shouldn't even say this on the podcast, but yeah, I've mentioned before this like this girl who this woman who I saw for like briefly for like three weeks, and it was like we fought more in those three weeks than I've ever fought in any relationship that I've ever had, like combined total, including mine. Yeah, probably including <laughs> ours. Yeah, 
Um, so yeah, so I was just I was on my way to work in an Uber, and I saw her walking down the street on the phone, and it looked like she was not enjoying her conversation, and it just looked like a very like angry, heated situation. And in that moment, Boris, I just felt nice. Not God bless her, all all the best to her, but I just felt like, hey, sometimes you know you just. You, you, you get a little sign that you made the right choice. It's you like, dodge, <laughs> you matrix that bullet. <laughs> anyway, it was just weird to actually see like her walking down the street. Toronto is a huge city. There's three million people here, right? Like, it's ridiculous. Like the amount of times that I'll be walking down the street and see someone I recognize. It's, it happens so much more than you think. Yeah, absolutely. It and is. I, like, and I have friends all over the city. It's not like I just have them in our little slice of Toronto. It's like I I know people all around, right? Yeah, yeah. It is a uh, it is a small world, man. It is crazy. Oh, I, I, you are a you are a lovable fella. You're a social butterfly, Boris. Yeah, I can be sometimes. <laughs> I can be sometimes. But uh, yeah, so that's that. All right, let's talk some sports because this is kind of slice of my life, but also sports talk. So let's segue segue into <laughs> sports talk. Let's do it. All right. So yesterday. Um, earlier this week, I got an email from the Toronto Blue Jays. For those of you who don't know, I am a season ticket holder for 2022. And that gives me the opportunity to not only buy tickets at first crack at tickets for 2021, but it also gives me first crack for playoff tickets. Nice. Nice. That's good. Like this coming like year, this, like 2021. Like, like If we make it. And we're looking good. If we make it. Yeah, yeah, knock on wood, yes. But knock- yeah, so for this upcoming October. Correct, though. All right, so got the email. I'm like, okay, let's check this out. Because um, last week, last weekend, I was talking with Jason. And it's funny that Jason said this on the midweek markout because it's so true. We do about 80-20. 80% baseball, 20% wrestling. <laughs> that's, that's a good Which is ratio. kind of funny yeah. when you think about it, right? I, at this moment, that's pretty much the ratio that I think most people would want to hear. Yeah. Covering WWE, anyway. Yeah. For sure. But, uh, yeah, so um, we, we basically made a, a deal that if they make the wild card game, him and I are going to go together. No matter where it is kind of thing? No, like, well, if, if, it's, in if Toronto? it's in Toronto. If yeah, it's yeah, in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, because there is a chance that they make the wild card game, but it's in either New York or Boston, right? If we face New York, it's in Toronto. No matter we're tied. If, yeah. if we're tied. If we're tied, right? Yeah, because yeah. New York could still be ahead of us in the yeah. standings. But, yeah. but yeah, I hear I hear you. And like we said, Toronto is the hottest team. They are currently, if you're a betting man, I'd say probably the favorite to be the first yeah. wild card, right? Yeah, For right now. At, if, at this moment. Yeah, like Thursday at nooner. Exactly, and much can change. There's still lots of baseball left. So much baseball. That's why I love baseball. It's, like, it's crazy how much things can go back and forth. Anyways, story time. Got the email for this season's uh, postseason tickets, the playoff tickets. Go to, like, yesterday, they went on sale for us. I'm in a rush because at least they do one nice thing. For the only, the number of seats that you can purchase has to equal the amount of, or could not go on above the amount of tickets you have. So, I have two seats. I can buy one or two. Right. That's good. That makes sense. You can't exceed the amount of your actual season tickets. Yeah. Yeah, which is... Good. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, of course. Yeah. You'd be shocked at how many teams don't do this, right? Yeah. And then, like, I end up with, like, a thousand seats somehow. Right. And that's just, yeah, just terrible. But I guess it engages, like, season ticket purchases pretty seriously. That's exactly it. All right. So, took a look. The cheapest seats. (laughs) So, this is what the Toronto Blue Jays make you do. And I know other teams do this, but I just, you know, know, let's. And this is how. 
the last time I was a season ticket holder, it was they did series by series. Right. Okay. Now no. Now they're now, just going game by game. No, the, you have to buy the entire block for the whole postseason. For the entire postseason. Oh. Assuming even if we yeah. were in first place, mm-hmm. they would still make you buy the wild card game. Really. That that's brutal. So they assume the maximum number of yeah. games humanly possible. So in this case, it would be the wild card, mm-hmm. um, the four games, the division series, the division series, which goes to uh, three out of five, right? Yeah, still yeah. three. Yeah. So you, you get the the three games there, yeah. and then the four for the the subsequent two. Yes, ALDS. Yeah, the, the ALCS. Yes. And World finals. Series. So you have to basically they they're assuming they're going to win the World Series or at least make game seven and you have to pay for every single game. For sixteen games. Oh, that's brutal, man. So it's definitely like you gotta have a lot of money to be able to or just like even, you know, entertain. So what was yeah, what was the the cause we're talking like cheapest possible ticket too, right? So like five hundred level Top of the dome. Like, if you're scared of so, heights, don't go because you're going to be uncomfortable. So, here's kind the of thing. Seats. Because of COVID restrictions, they're not selling the 500 yet. Mm. Okay. Um, so, here, so they're selling the the socially distanced 200s and the somewhat distanced 100s and, you know, the no distance 100s. Yes, which are behind home plate. So, the cheapest, which is essentially the 200 outfield, okay. where you can't see the screen or anything, like the Jumbotron. Yeah. For one seat, it is 1675 But, Oof. you can't just buy one seat. Exactly. You have to buy two. And, oh, you have to buy two? Oh, you could because you have two tickets, you have to buy that number? Because of the social distance rules. I understand. Okay. So... The minimum that Boris would be paying for the playoffs yes. would be $3,350. And they expect me to put a 25% down payment today. That's, yeah, that, and that's just for the one game, right? Did you not say that you have to buy 16 games? Or is that for the 16 oh, no, that's, games? No, that's for all 16. Okay. It's not, it's not crazy. Yeah, but it's pretty dang expensive, man. Like, yeah, that's eight fifty today. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, and that's for like, like you said, for the cheapest seats that you could possibly get. So, yep. <laughs> hey, man, but you know what? This is uh, a big city full of hungry sports fans, and uh, I'm sure that someone will pay it. Yeah, I will. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> but but the thing is, like you know that 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 is more expensive than my season seats next year. Crazy. Wow, just to for the chance to maybe, but you you will get a refund on some of that, right? So the way that it happens, because you do the down payment, if they don't make the playoffs, it's, you 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 have a the way that they've done in the past. Yes, you have an option of getting your money back, or it being credited to your account. So it goes off of your next season's ticket. Correct. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. At least they're not. You know, I'm sure it's probably illegal to just take that money from you for games yeah, yeah, that yeah, don't exist. Sure. But, but it's uh, just crazy, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. That's a that's, that is a spicy meatball, man, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. So it's all or nothing. And then, um, like, obviously they will have single seats. This is to secure your ride through the playoffs. Of course, exactly. And it's it's kind of like yeah, it's a, a privilege given to season ticket holders to have early access to it. So it, it, I guess it's like a premium service and it makes sense that it would be expensive. Yeah. But yeah, my lordy, that, that is that is a hefty bill. Right? Right? It's crazy. But before we even start talking about the playoffs, we have to take a look at whether the Jays will even make the playoffs. Matt, that AL East 
yeah. is the craziest division. Yes, we were talking about how crazy the NL West is, but it's now more of a was because it's almost inevitable for the Dodgers to make the playoffs. I think the Dodgers have actually clinched already. Maybe yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I know the San Fran Giants did the yeah. night before. Yes, and so, uh, the Padres have fallen off a little bit of a cliff. Yeah, they have. So right now the AL East is the hottest division in all of baseball and of course that's the division that the jays are in yep a million percent and yeah li- li- like listen to these records tampa 90 and 56 the yankees and the blue jays both 82 and 64 they're eight games back boston has played two extra games but they won and lost one of them so they're 83 and 65 also technically eight games back but because they have two less games in hand they are ranked fourth in the division yeah, it's crazy, man. Here's the thing also. If you take a look at their schedules, like the Jays, you know that we haven't even faced the Twins all season yet? Really? And it's about to start tomorrow, right? Yeah. They don't play today. It's an off day for Toronto? Yep. It's an off day. Yeah, it Thursday. Tomorrow. And starts Friday versus Minnesota. That's three games? Yep, it's a three-game series, and then we have another three-game series in the Twin Cities. Awesome. So, yeah, those could be that we could realistically hope to win four out of six there, yep. I would think at least, because Minnesota is not good this year. No. And then we have Baltimore again. Yep. But then we face the Yankees. I love it, though, man. They're, that's our competition. We could play them right out of the friggin' race. Well, that's the thing, right? We face them in the closing the closing days. And you know who Boston faces the closing days? Tampa? Baltimore. Oh. Right? Well, let's play some spoilers, Orioles. Show why you belong there. Try to make the squad next year. Yep, exactly. So, so that yeah, so the AL East right now is looking absolutely insane. Uh, Matt, you have the standings in front of you. So right now, as of today, obviously Tampa Bay is um, in the playoffs. They're first. I'm pretty sure they're first in the entire AL. Yes. And then we are first, or we tied for first. Right yeah. Right now we have the tiebreaker over the Yankees. So we we are first in the wild card, but we are tied with the Yankees. But if yeah. the playoffs started today, we would host the wild card game and you'd yeah. be paying that that mun for it boris that that cashola you'd be dropping the bag yep yeah, man. so that man the alias is so crazy um yeah we're not gonna catch tampa but we our best hope is to host the wild card game and just crank home runs yep speaking of tampa i told you i told you robbie ray was gonna have an incredible outing he was dealing last night so, strikeout king strikeout wizard yep so here's the thing on friday Against Baltimore in Baltimore, he did not have his best outing. Baltimore got to him right away, and he was he was frazzled. He was done. Like frazzled, he, was, yes. he was he was he was he was not himself. So because of that, I turned to Matt and his roommate, and I'm like, Ray is gonna have an incredible game tomorrow. He's gonna have 15 strikeouts. Matt, how many strikeouts did he end up getting? I didn't actually see the final tally. I don't have 13. it in front of you. It was 13? Well, you were off the post, Boris. The, the lucky number 13, as no one says. That was a good call, man. And, uh, yeah, we, I wish we had a couple more rays, like, kind of coming out of nowhere to actually, like, well, I guess, you know what, Manoa, he's up and down. But, man, when he's on, he is he is awesome to watch. He's tough to hit, that Alec Manoa. He either has an incredible game where he just, like, his slider is unreal. Yeah. Or... Yeah. They're just dinging them. If you're familiar with the show Bob's Burgers, the skadooch wasn't skadooching that yeah. night. That happens a lot to Manoa. Yep. But, uh, yeah, man, well, he's a young pitcher. That's going to happen, right? He's still, you know, he's a young buck. He's still uh, getting control of his body, basically. Not Matt and Nick. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, he's he's significantly better. But, 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I always forget that. Yeah. Anyways, it was. I, I yeah yeah. I don't, sports talk. Sports talk. Don't right. dislike the young. So let's let's talk a little bit about the MLB awards because I think there's a lot to consider, a lot that we have to talk about. We're gonna leave the AL MVP for last. Yeah. Okay. Because that's gonna be a nice conversation because there's a lot of factors that we have to take into account. So let's talk about the NL MVP. So right now. The top three guys would be Fernando Tatis Jr. from the Padres, Bryce Harper from the Phillies, and Juan Soto from the Nationals. So I, I feel like the temptation is to almost just say, like, who's having the best year, like, like in terms of their team, right? Like, what team is higher in the standings? Because the Nationals aren't really looking at a playoff spot. And, I mean, the Phillies, same, right? So I, I think... As, as much as the Padres have fallen off of a cliff, it's kind of got to be Tatis just because they're semi-competitive. Now, I, Tatis has had some injury issues, but he's playing shortstop. He's playing second, uh, sorry, uh, center field and shortstop this year, and he's done some incredible things. Like, he's a five-tool player. I think it's got to be Tatis at this moment. Yep, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, there's a lot of things that we have to consider, and this is going to actually factor into our talk with the AL MVP. So let's, uh, we're just going to move on from there. Uh, the AL Cy Young. This one is a very interesting one. Um, the odds on favorite right now are Garrett Cole from the Yankees and Robbie Ray from the Blue Jays. And then you have um, uh, Carlos Rodon, Lance Lynn, Nathan Eovaldi. And then Shohei Otani for sixth. It's crazy that Otani is so high in the Cy Young voting as well. I don't think Cy Young is going to be. He's not going to win the Cy Young. But the fact that he's even in the top five conversation is wild. I think if you look at Rodon's season, he's he's actually sneaky good. He's he's uh, he's probably don't, doesn't quite have the numbers. Yeah. It's a, it's a temptation to just say Robbie Ray because of the Toronto factor, man. Like we're very biased. We watch him pitch so often. But like, look at the K's. Look at like what he's done. He's the only reliable pitcher, really, in, Tor- in Toronto. Like, as much as I love Ryu, I don't th- Ryu, I don't think he's reliable in the way no. that Robbie Ray has become. I think watching them all year, it's got to be Robbie Ray. But I don't watch Garrett Cole. I don't watch these other guys as closely as I have Robbie Ray. See, you hit the nail on the head. This is what part of the conversation for the AL MVP was going to be. Um, and I think that it factors in more here for the um, AL Cy Young because... Garrett Cole plays for the New York Yankees. Yeah, the most public team in all of sports, arguably. You can go anywhere in the world. You will watch and be able to catch a Yankees game. You have to look for a Jays game if you want to watch it, even in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even in Toronto, but especially north or south of the border. Yes. Yeah, so it's crazy. So, like, you know, the people who vote for this, they have more than likely watched more of Garrett Cole than Robbie Ray. So I feel like that plays a huge factor into it, regardless of where the teams are. And this one is so interesting because, like, these teams are literally neck to neck. I can see this this race going up until the very last game. A million percent, yeah. I, I do think it's going to be that tight. Uh, right now, I'm with a biased opinion, with a clear bias, I'm going Robbie Ray, though. But I'm going to go Robbie Ray for a few factors. The fact that he was able to go from zero to hero this year. Yeah. Like, let's remember how horrible he started the season. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, like, very, very bad. Comeback player of the year style season here. Yeah, like, 
yeah, like 100%. It's, it's, it's unreal when you think about the season that he's had um, and the success that he found basically after a few starts. Um, you know, he right now, he's leading the league in in uh, Ks. So that that's a nice little one. He's leading the league in ERA. Yeah. Like... I mean the stat, the sexy big counting stats that uh, have fooled baseball writers for generations. But here's the thing, yeah. But you know which stat baseball writers just love and they get a hard on for W Ex- wins victories, Boris. Poor Robbie Ray. <laughs> like for the longest time, the Jays could not buy a run for the guy. No, absolutely. And now though, well, the offense is not the problem as we've seen over the last couple weeks anymore. So hopefully everyone's clicking and uh, yeah, it's rounding into form. I do want to put a point on something that we kind of screwed up earlier or I kind of screwed up. The Phillies are very much in contention and Bryce Harper is doing a lot of work to kind of single-handedly pull them there. So if it does turn out that Philadelphia does make the playoffs, it might be Bryce Harper, especially if they make it and San Diego falls out. Yep. All right. NL, Cy Young, Zach Wheeler from the Phillies. Corbin Burns from the Brewers, Max Scherzer from the Dodgers, Walker Bueller from the Dodgers. Those are your top four. I mean, I see it sucks because it's a classic like split vote situation. Which Dodger do you pick? I don't think that it's going to be one of the two Dodgers. I don't think it's going to be, but I think if I were voting, Scherzer one, Bueller two, or Bueller one, Scherzer two. No matter what, those are the those are my sidings. I think they're going to actually split the vote. And it wouldn't surprise me to see, like, the young kid Corbin Burns win. And I, I don't think it's going to be one of the Dodgers. This one's wide open to me. I think, I honestly think it'll be Zach Wheeler from the Phillies. Yeah, I think you're right. That's yeah. who I really, truly believe it's going to be. Yeah, that's a really good call. Yeah, I think it is, uh, where's where's his betting odds right now? Did you yep. have that? Right. Yeah. Perfect, buddy. Dude, you know it. <laughs> All right, so right now the odds from the sports book from Caesars. Caesars Sportsbook, Scherzer plus 140, Burns plus 190, Bueller plus 250. There you go. So, yeah, man, I, I like I said, I, I've made my case. Personally, I'm giving the Dodgers the one and the two, but I do think that you're probably right about Wheeler. It's going to be a Dodgers split the vote situation, and it will be one of Burns or Wheeler who takes it. I'd probably give it give it to, ah, give it to Wheeler. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to skip the rookie of the years because those aren't as interesting, <laughs> especially for us here in Toronto. Apologies to our listeners who have a horse in the race, as they say, but we're going to talk about the most interesting one for me yeah because we are biased but it's actually an they, interesting race because i don't think since babe ruth it's it's <laughs> like an unprecedented it's one of the most interesting races of my lifetime but i still think man vladimir guerrero could win the triple crown and it's still not even close yeah it's gotta be shohei it's not even close it, this is unprecedented not even like i don't even think babe ruth did this this level you know, so I think he did. Well, like at the same time, he was a really yeah. good pitcher and he was yeah. a really good like he hit like it 60 home runs, time. but he was wasn't pitching. He wasn't pitching when he was hitting 60 home runs. He did do it at the same time in some seasons. Yeah, but he still broke records as a batter at the time. It's yeah. When he was a pitcher. It's just, you know, OK, fair. But the fact that it's been since 1920 and it's yeah, now no, 2020, fact, yeah. it's well, literally let, been 100 years. Bits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Like no, like this is this is insane. This is he's. Uh, but I, here's the thing. Here's the one thing that some sports writers do look at: where are the Angels and where are the Blue Jays? We've been saying that for all of these races, and of course that matters. But this is a different beast entirely. This is something that 
your grandfathers haven't seen. You know what I mean? This is something that comes around once every hundred years, apparently. Maybe it'll start happening more and more because of Shohei. But, man, this is a special season. And it's more like uh, the fault of the angels than it is Shohei. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you can fault... You, you can't also... Do that if it's just like the best team award, you know, then that's that's not really interesting at all. That's not really a debate. There needs to be some kind of nuance here, some kind of you can't just always give it to the best player on the best team, like right. So you wanna you wanna hear the betting odds? I would love to. <laughs> Are you ready for this? I I was born ready. I think I kind of know where we're going, but let's see. Otani minus five thousand. Yeah. Vlad Junior second place. Plus 550. It's crazy, man. It's absolute, but it makes total sense. Like, could you honestly, I don't care if he wins the triple crown and he's going to, he's still like, Otani is close to that level of, of, of a hitter while also being a top five pitcher. So here's the way that I would vote for MVP. Yes. If I was credible enough to vote <laughs> for MVP. Yes. If you remove this player from the team, how good would the team be? Right. So the Angels would be at the absolute like bottom of the barrel, but they're still like not close to whatever. The Jays, you could argue, would still be hanging in playoff contention because their offense is so dynamic. But obviously, Vlad is the best player, and he is kind of the straw that stirs the drink here. So yeah. So what do you think? Like, what, what, what what's your consensus on that? What's your analysis on that? Honestly, the, the, I I think that without Vladdy, there would be so much missing from the Jays. Yeah. Just from not even an on-the-field playing, but just his presence. I feel you. I feel you. So that's kind of where I am with that. And, 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 you know, in my heart, I want Vlad to win, obviously, for many reasons. Million percent. But, but the reality of the situation, as you said, this is unprecedented. We haven't seen this in 100 years. If If Otani doesn't win. Yeah, if it's precedented, like, it's it's barely precedented. (laughs) Yes. So yeah. so yeah, man. A minus five thousand lock, like he's he's going to win, Boris. That is a lock. You can you can take that to the bank if you have five thousand dollars to spend to make. But I would put work. some money on Vlad Jr. just cause those odds. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Like, well, I I mean, like, you don't ever want to hope for an injury, but like, stranger things have happened, and I, I guess. But I think like, barring catastrophe, Otani will and should win. Agreed. All right. So that that's some uh, MLB awards. We're gonna we're gonna be following this until the end of the year, but we're gonna probably not bring this up until you know late November when the awards come out. Yeah, maybe touch on it again at the actual closing point of the season to give our final picks. You yeah. know, and then yeah, yeah we have yeah. pick contest time. Oh, add it to the pick a separate pick contest can't be the same. But yeah, I'm in. I'm in for it. All right, so um, NFL Week One, Matt. What a week it was. It was very exciting, very fun. Lots of rookies. Miami Dolphins alone atop the AFC East. High five, buddy. <laughs> we we almost saw a dusty finish on Monday Night Football. Hilarious. Well, I think, it, yeah, it was almost a classic dusty finish where the uh, the bad guy comes off the mat and wins. The bad guy, in this case, is Baltimore. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was a very entertaining game, too. Lamar Jackson with a little fumbleitis on Monday night. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, football—it's in a good place. We're gonna see how the season progresses, and with with COVID and with injury situations, with the extra game. But I, I was very glad to see it back. I, yeah, and I love Buffalo Bills fans, and I'm using fans very loosely right now. Every one of them, like that guy, super humming or humming yeah. or whatever, just jumping through tables. Fuck this shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
man. But no, Buffalo fans right now, they're freaking out. No, oh, The yo. sky is falling. Well, they didn't look good. They didn't look very good at all in that game. But, I mean, it's one game. It's 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 a long football season, and it's a shortened preseason, too. So, it's going to take a couple teams a little longer to, to warm up. You well, know? That's, that's exactly it. Like, yeah, we, we high-fived each other because of the Dolphins. But the Dolphins beat New England. But the here's the thing. The Dolphins somehow, even when New England is perfect, the Dolphins can still beat them. Yeah, well, yeah, we, they kind of screwed up down the stretch. The Dolphins yes. got a little bit lucky, I would say. Well, a, a lot of bit lucky the, the Dolphins got to, to squeeze away that win. But, hey, man, it is what it is. It's uh, it's football. It's a game of inches, yep. Boris. But as my lady friend says, that D. <laughs> Relax. Settle down. <laughs> <over there. laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, hey, man, season's in a good spot. Fantasy team, I went down, Boris, uh, in week one. Unfortunately, I was the highest scoring team who lost. I am now currently ninth of 16, but uh, we're, we're looking good. I, I still have Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyle Pitts had a bad first game, you know, but I got some boys. We got Aaron Jones had a bad game, but he's going to bounce back against the Lions on Monday. And uh, fantasy squad's looking just as good as the Dolphins are, my friend. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's uh, very interesting stuff. Um, Thursday nighter this week is uh, the Washington football squad against the New York football giants. Yep. Who you got there? Washington. Uh, Washington, Washington football squad. Gotta be. It's gonna be interesting to see though if you if you need a if you need a fantasy defense if you're if you want to bail on your defense or just want to you know, drop somebody and pick up a streamer I think the Giants have a chance to get a couple interceptions in this game as bad as their defense is they're against a rookie quarterback on a Thursday nighter so I have a question not, not, not a rookie yeah. but a Taylor Heineke yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you yes sir Trevor Lawrence yeah let's talk some Trevor Lawrence I I think he looked good considering considering the talent around him I think he looked pretty good. This is the thing. I feel, I feel so bad for the kid. Yeah. Like, literally. Listen, Tony and Shaw, you might want to focus a little more on your other teams <laughs> I did than little, your wrestling squad. Yeah. <laughs> I did a little combobulating, but I picked up uh, I picked up Jacksonville's tight end uh, today in my huge, in my one and only fantasy league, uh, O'Shaughnessy. Oh, I, yeah? Yeah, he, he got a lot of targets. Yeah, he did. And, uh, yeah, man, I think Jacksonville is going to trail a lot, and Trevor Lawrence is going to pass the football a lot. And it's yeah. going to be – there's going to be some guys who have some awesome fantasy seasons in Jacksonville. They're a bad team, though. Don't get it twisted. They're, like, on paper one of the worst teams in the league. But you knew that coming in. They just have an incredibly talented young quarterback yeah. to build around. Here, Here's a fun super stat. This is Trevor Lawrence's first – Regular season loss in his entire life. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Not in high school football, not in college football has he lost in the regular season. How crazy is that? It's the, it's the no fun league, Boris. This is, uh, yeah, hey, well, hey, man, Jacksonville's bad. This is the worst team comparatively that he's ever been on in his life. He's never been on a team this bad compared to the rest of the teams he's playing. Not close. Not close. Yeah, well, at least he can watch some dynamite if he gets bored. <laughs> like the fuse. <laughs> Fucking boom. <laughs> All right, they're Taz. <laughs> and one more thing. Tony Khan, start hooking quarterback. The kid's got it on. Sorry, oh, a, my, it. my Taz impression. Fucking love it. Word. All right, let us move on. Ooh. Having said that, it's time to move on to wrestling. Yes, I think that's a perfect segue. I might crack a beer for, uh, for Bam of Honor. All right, beer's cracked. And it's time to talk about a lot of Ring of Honor. So shout, out. Well, shout out! Shout out to the good people at Ring of Honor. Shout out to the good people at Great Lakes Brewery. Yes, they've been fueling this week's of this week of shows, regardless of all the technical issues we've been having. <laughs> yeah. The only technical issue we haven't had is being able to crack open that beer. Absolutely, thirst is not an issue around here. Currently on a premium lager. It's really good. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, same here. I like this one. 
Um, I'm also a fan of that uh, the high noon. Yeah, the breakfast beer, the the mimosa beer. I'm a big yeah, fan. Yeah, the noon as well. is good. Breakfast IPA. I like this. Yeah, big fan. Great Lakes Brewery. Keep doing your darn thing. All right, Ring of Honor. We're going to start with some Ring of Honor TV because this weekend was a big weekend with the pay-per-view also. But some stuff happened on TV. This is the thing about Ring of Honor. It's the the, 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 the nature of their syndication really makes things weird sometimes. Yeah. In terms of like when the TV airs, when you can catch it in your market relative to the pay-per-view. Yep. But this weekend, they at, were actually able to um, have a live stream of their TV before the show, before death, before dishonor. So that was kind of cool. Um, so let's just jump right into it. ROH TV report from September 11th. Quinn McKay starts the show. She's hyping death before dishonor. She runs down the card and it's time for the Briscoes to come out. Um, they were able to face Ray Oris and the ROH champion, Bandito. Ooh, that sounds like a good match. Yeah, this match wasn't bad. This match wasn't bad at all. Um, what I'm really liking about the Briscoes is that you had this story um, at the, the during the spring where the Briscoes were going to like implode. Yeah, and then Papa Briscoe brought them together. They had Boris the fight on the farm, which is honestly one of my favorite matches of the year to this day. And since the fight on the farm, they've been 3-0. and um, which is good. Yes, bounded by blood, literally. Quite yeah, literally. Quite literally. So this match was fun. Bandito. What more can we say about Bandito and Ray Oris? Like, these guys are just so freaking good. This match was a lot of fun. Um, and again, short match, 10 minutes, 38 seconds. Um, Oris took a doomsday device from the Briscoes, and the Briscoes won. Nice. I like that they uh, they won with the Doomsday Device because that was a big part of the pay-per-view match that they would have yep. with the OGK was teasing that Doomsday Device. So <laughs> your eyes, the eye roll, the epic eye roll that I just got from like, <laughs> mentioning OGK. Just mentioning them. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. This match, I got to say, as fun as it was, the way that we review and rate matches, yeah. this match was missing a live crowd. Yeah, definitely. And it's such a huge problem with Ring of Honor. It sucks, man. I understand that they're very COVID conscious, and it's good. It's for the best, man. You know, but at the same time, it hurts the product, especially seeing every other wrestling show not quite care about COVID as much as our own. Even Impact. Even Impact. Even Impact. Uh, So, unfortunately, as good as this match was, as fun as this match was, you had your awkward ROH commercial in the middle with LA Knight and Ric Flair trying to sell you cars. Woo! Yep. Um, it only went 10 minutes, but the lack of crowd really hurt it. So because of that, I'm only going to have to give this match a three handshakes out of five. Slightly disappointing considering the the combatants, but still, uh, you couldn't say it was a below average. Still an above average wrestling match. I'm with you, boys. I, I didn't actually see the show, of course, but I understand. I feel you, home. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Yes. All right. Then it was the technical beast, Josh Woods versus Will Ferrara. Is that his real nickname, the technical beast? Yeah. I thought they called him that a couple times in the pay-per-view. It yeah. kind of sucks. I kind of don't like that. The technical beast. <laughs> Technically, you're a beast. <laughs> oh, I don't like it at all. <laughs> that might be your new nickname moving forward. The technical beast. The technical beast. For it, actually. Now I love it. This is the best nickname of all time. 
Uh, yeah, so this was a Pew Rules match. Um, they were really hyping up the Death Before Dishonor match with Josh Woods, obviously. Um, this match went six minutes, 18 seconds. Josh Woods ended up winning. This was very Mendoza line of a match, unfortunately. So I'm going to have to only, only give this two and a half handshakes out of five. An average match, nothing wrong with it. Nothing particularly right with it. Yep. Then we started getting some hype videos for Death Before Dishonor. We got Miranda Alize and Roxy. Um, you know, they were hyping up the Women's Championship Tournament and the Tournament Finals. The Finals took place at the pay-per-view. Uh, for the main event, Shane Taylor joined Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman. Um, and the main event was for the ROH World Tag Team Championships as your champions, Homicide and Chris Dickinson, went up against La Facción, Ingobernable, Keenan King, and Dragon Lee. Nice. This match was freaking awesome. The ROH has been delivering on their TV main Dude, events over the past couple of This months. match was awesome. This match went 14 minutes and 8 seconds. Nice. This match was so freaking good. Great tag team. In terms of storytelling, might be very typical. Hot tags, um, separation from your tag team partner. But everything was just so smooth, was so good. Dragon Lee is just so freaking good. He's, yeah. up, he's up there, in my opinion, with like Penta. Oh yeah, like yeah, and, Phoenix and, and yeah, like Ray the Phoenix, best, the best luchadors alive. Yeah, and Santos percent. Escobar. <laughs> you were gonna say that Andrade El Idolo. Don't you shake your head at me? How dare you scoff and shake your head <laughs> in disgust? No, but really, like no, this this match was freaking great. Um, and to everyone's surprise, we have new tag team champs. Yeah, a quick title change before the pay-per-view. It feels like a... They just swapped, uh, it seems. It feels like a match that they kind of maybe wanted to work onto the show, but didn't maybe have enough room for, perhaps. Just put it on TV beforehand. I I like it, though. An exciting, unexpected deal here. Yep, so I almost called him Keith Lee. (laughs) So, um, your new champions, Kenny King and Dragon Lee. Bask in his glory. (laughs) Bask in their glory. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I'm gonna have to give this four. Nice. Handshakes out of five. I'll definitely check it out, man. Every time you've been recommending these ROH TV main events, I make sure to watch them throughout the week before I delete them off the PVR, and they don't disappoint, buddy. So I'll I check this one, one out, too. I may have deleted that. That's ah, fine. <laughs> I'm sure I'll live. But I, if it's still on the TV, I'll check it out. Yep. All right. So so that was the TV overall okay show. Um, again, the awkwardness of the, syn- of the syndication is very weird, especially on a pay-per-view weekend, which is kind of why I like when the pay-per-views are on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, there they, was a lot going on, you know, so especially in football season. Like, I was, I, I didn't watch the show until this morning, to yeah. be honest with you. All right. Or, no, sorry. I didn't watch any Ring of Honor until yeah. this morning. I didn't even watch that show previously, so. All right, Death Before Dishonor. Should want to jump right into it. Let's go, homie. So, live from the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. ECW, ECW. EC, exactly, the former ECW Arena. Um, there it, we had the pre-show, which they officially marketed as hour one. So the show kicked off with a ten-bell salute for Shannon Sproul, aka FKA Daphne. Um, 
that was that. Yeah, like, that's incredibly sad. Like, I don't know if we've paid the proper respect to Daphne. I don't, what, I don't feel like we have. What, what a tragic story. And she just seemed to be so beloved, such a great performer for, like, what she was given. She was honestly groundbreaking. She was one of the good things in one of the worst stretches of two different companies. She was one of the good things in Russo WCW, and she was one of the good things in Russo TNA. And those are the two of the worst eras of all time. So she got straddled with dog shit in her wrestling career. She still, she still came out smelling like roses she got nothing but lemons she oftentimes made lemonade it's a, it's a tragic story lemonade for, for a number of flair. reasons out of david flair david flair oh man and not that it's only sad because she was a good and talented wrestler but like at this the moment entire situation it, it's so tragic so terrible but at this moment let us let us appreciate that she was a very very talented performer and not only that but she was just so Different at the time. This is like at the height of your bra and panties matches. Yeah, your Barbie doll style, like Sable was WWE Women's Champion. Yeah, like you, you know. know? I mean? So, like, so having someone like Daphne was just such a a sigh of relief for so many women who wanted to get into the sport because it, like, her being there kind of showed you you don't have to be the Barbie. You don't have to fit the mold. You can be you can be yourself. You can step out of this one very dumb, very archaic cookie cutter you know description of what a woman should be and you can actually be yourself yeah so yeah so terrible yeah. situation terrible situation pour one out for daphne uh rest in peace i hope she's in a better place yeah so the hour one had the honor rumble for a future shot at the roh championship um so brian johnson I heard mixed things about this you told me it was pretty bad <laughs> Don't watch it. I, I read one review of this show just to see how my opinions stacked up against someone else's, and they actually liked this a lot. They gave it above an average rating. So it was horrible. <laughs> the Honor Rumble. I want you to watch this just so you can form your own opinion. I, I might have to. I don't know. There's like, there might not be enough time in the day, but maybe. maybe. All right. So Brian Johnson is key. Demanded to come out as number one because it's Mecca versus everybody. It's also his hometown. Um, he talks about uh, you know how how he's going to prove everyone that he is the best. Yada yada yada. Um, Brian Malonis was number two. Beer City Bruiser um, was then out, so the bouncers started kicking everyone's ass. Then number four was Danhausen. Love that Danhausen. He's so funny. Ah, uh, he's the best. Yep. So, a lot of people came out. Capri, even Caprice Coleman got in on the action. This was originally slated for 15 people, but we ended up getting 16 people. And you were close with your pick. I was off the post. I picked the recently released Jonah Rock. And unfortunately, it was the recently released Alex Zane from WWE. But I have to question this. Alex Zane, I know he made an part in the pun an impact My in God. ROH. But he now has a title shot. Yeah, at Who, the like, at, at the big belt. Wait, what? Get <laughs> what? Well, it's going to be a good match, Bandito versus Alex Zane. But that is a strange world title match on paper for sure. What? I'm excited to watch it though. I will oh, go yeah, out yeah, of yeah. my way to see it. Oh yeah, I'm just saying. But like, it was just uh, it's just very awkward. You're not wrong, buddy. You're not wrong. Yeah. So Alex Zane ended up winning. Um, let's just jump right into the. Or so shall I rate this? Yeah, please. I didn't see it. Yeah. Point five handshakes. <laughs> Point five, the bare minimum possible of to still be a, rec a recorded number. Because <laughs> zero is not even a digit, Boris. By God. Point five handshake. Super fail. 
super failed. <laughs> but not quite an insult. It was to overbooked. The they here's the thing: they tried to overbook it. Yes. And there were times and they succeeded. In their oh, they, 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 not only did they succeed, they surpassed it because the production was off. The amount of eliminations that just weren't even shown. Ah. The amount of times that wrestlers were like, "Now what do I do?" Just standing like, around doing nothing. Your most hated of all spots. There is a fair bit of that in every battle royal, but dude, but ninety percent of battle royals are, yeah, are pretty shit. bad. Yeah. There's been like two great ones ever, or like five, and they're all Royal Rumbles. I gotta say that the all-in battle royal was actually not the worst. Yeah, there's been a couple. There's been some halfway decent ones. And then battle riot. Yeah. Usually is a win. The last one actually, yeah, it was it was a little rough. We kind of liked it. There was a lot. There's a lot of good and a lot of bad. Yep. Battle riots are weird, but yeah, it's a separate list for a separate day, Boris. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Main card, and we got our first match of the main card, which was Dalton Castle versus Eli Ism. All right, let's talk about this. One moment. thing I might start doing is going like uh, for for these shows, going like gold, silver, bronze match of the night. You know, especially for these like yeah. random shows that we do. This would be my bronze match of the night. This is my third favorite thing on the show. This actually was very very rewarding, and I love me some Dalton Castle, dude. We were talking about this before we started recording. That entrance is so bad. <laughs> so bad so that cheesy. it's brilliant. Like, even the boys, they look so cheap <laughs> with their, like, white t-shirts and white underwear and their flip-flops. It just looks... It's perfect. Like, that. But as bad as it is, I eat it up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's, like, the, the Looney Tunes pro wrestling sketch where, like, the Crusher kills, like, a Gorgeous George parody, and then Bugs Bunny comes in and beats, like, the, the Crusher or the Terror or whatever his name is. That, that Gorgeous George parody is Dalton Castle, and it's awesome. It's it's always been his character. It's so good. His entrance is the start of Austin Powers. It's just, it's just a, it's a bit of fun. How could you not love Dalton heel Castle? Dalton, heel Dalton Castle is honestly the best. He's so much better as a heel. I agree, yeah. I, I, I think he's so likable that you can't help but cheer him sometimes, but I do agree. Like, that character is meant to be a bad guy. Yep, and then he was facing his former protege, Eli Ism. Man, this match was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I, I picked Eli Ism to win in the pick contest. You picked you Dalton. You were correct, as per usual, Boris, yeah, when yeah. we're dealing with Ring of Honor because you watch the TV every week and cover it for Slam. But, uh, man, the thing about... This match was, though Dalton won, Eli looked better in defeat. And yes. it's always good when you can achieve that. Well, what also helped him, so Dak Draper was on commentary. Yes, Dak did a great job. Also, former protege of Dalton Castle. So I love the fact that, Dalt, uh, you know, a few weeks ago on TV, Dalton and Dak uh, kind of like made up and there was some weird stuff going on there. So Dak knew that Dalton was, was, was having some trouble, so he tried to help him. And I love the fact that Dak never actually touched Eliism. And I love the fact that commentators made a point to say this. The match is still going on. Dak hasn't made contact with Eliism. Yeah, and that was very that was very funny. Yeah, Dak did a good job doing guest commentary and then left the booth, like you said, and uh, yeah, and then it, got kicked in the gonads. <laughs> pretty pretty dang good. Yep, and then uh, but this gave this kick in the gonads gave Dalton Castle enough time for an a for a bangerang, which was originally um, uh, missed, but then he was able to land it, and that was it. So Dalton Castle won 
this match. You know, you can see that Dalton Castle has a good mind for wrestling. Not only is his entrance so awesome and creative, but all of his matches are laid out so well. He's got, like, the formula for the perfect opening match on yes. pay-per-view. He has a good match that's kind of unique. There's not really a lot in this match that resembles the rest of the card, but it's still, like, exciting. You still let the other guy get his stuff in. I love these Dalton Castle opening show matches. Like, they're, they're a highlight on the Ring of Honor pay-per-views. Yeah, for sure. So, how many handshakes would you give this We're going to go three and a half three Boris half. handshakes out of five. 70%. It's a B. Couldn't go lower than a B. And like I said, it is my bronze medal favorite match on yeah. the show. All right. Match number three of the night was the NXT Invitational. <laughs> I love that. I'm stealing that from you. Um, it was Jake Atlas versus Taylor Russ, and boy, oh boy, were we both horribly wrong. Yeah, surprising result, although in retrospect, not surprising, really. Yeah, it's like, I wonder, so what we're talking about is, earlier this week, Jake Atlas essentially announced, not essentially, he did announce. Yeah, straight up announced. Yeah. That, you know, because of personal reasons and mental health, etc., that he is taking a step from wrestling yeah and basically like like respect my privacy like i don't really want to like super talk about it right now like i'm gonna go find my passion and other things and that's that so hey more power to you let's not even like speculate but i just hope he is well and if he does come back to the business i think he's very talented and has a lot to offer but do you think this this um decision was made prior to this match million percent i'm sure that he knew and i'm sure that he kind of went in there saying like hey man like i'm not sure if my head's in this like my heart's in this like you mm. booked me for this show let's do it yeah. and i might step away what's, so please let taylor rust win yeah what's interesting here is the fact that it, like everything was pointing to yeah. not Jake to Atlas. not to speculate about his mental health which he just said not to do but no 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 but, but what, you know what, we're what kind we're of saying, yeah yeah we're just uh, it was just a question of yeah yeah because yeah. the reason why i asked that now, I don't want to speculate, but the reason why I ask that is simply because the commentators, the like just the story. It really seemed like they were putting over Jake Atlas like strong. Like in his entrance, they the whole shebang and the story of the match was that he kind of got caught and he was like, it, it was almost like it could happen to anyone, but like it, it doesn't take anything away from Jake Atlas. And they were almost putting him over in defeat more yeah. than they were talking about Taylor Russ. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Uh, so Taylor Russ eventually won. Um, when he put Jake Atlas in a Kimura lock. Yeah, it was like a Rings of Saturn Kimura with like an extra leg octopus thing. It was yeah. a really interesting submission. He called, he, I, I missed the name for it. Same. He does have a name, but yeah, we'll, we'll get that for you because I'm sure Tyler Rust is going to get a little push here. You know what we're going to call it? What? The Rust in Peace. <laughs> I love it. I'm for it. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I was gonna say, I was gonna say the rustapus, but yours is way better. <laughs> oh, we're such nerds. <laughs> but yeah, so this was uh, this was a good match for what it was. I hope it's not Jake Atlas's last match in wrestling. But if he wants it to be for a while, more power to you, sir. It was. Uh, I still think it was an above average match, but uh, it was only like six and a half minutes, right? So we're gonna go three handshakes out of five, sixty percent. It's a C in Canada. Tip of the cap to you, Jake Atlas. All right, the next match was a uh, six-person trios match. Violence Unlimited, Chris Dickinson, Homicide, and Tony Deppen versus Lee Moriarty's AEW's Lee yeah. Moriarty, LSG, and John Walters. 
ROH legend. Yes, I get. Yes, that was awesome to see him. Yeah, like like old like old school name. He looks so old now. Yeah, he is an old school <laughs> name. Yeah, for sure. Man, I get like wrestling is political and it's bullshit and whatever. But like, I really wish Lee Moriarty wasn't the one who lost this because of all these six names, as good as Tony Deppin is too, and he's a star who's on the rise. Of all these six names, he is clearly the star who is most on the rise. So I just think in terms of giving a rewarding product to wrestling fans in general, don't beat Lee Moriarty. I feel like John Walters should have been the one exactly taking the Exactly right, man. That's, like, that's kind of why he's there. That's kind of why he's there. <laughs> no, he's that's... the old veteran. Wait, well, exactly like you said. What does he have to lose? Not the match. <laughs> what did you think of this match? I actually really liked it. It was a PWG style tag. You know what I mean? I would. I was wrestling with this match and the opener as my bronze medal. I gave it to the opener instead. But this is right, right there with it. It's the same. I'm gonna give it the same rating. And I thought it was an all action PWG style six man tag. And I gotta say, the star of this match, as funny as this is, was Lee Moriarty. Oh yeah, a million percent. Uh, you know, uh, Tony Deppin also. Yes. Tony and L, you know what LSG like I like LSG I'm kind of uh, at first yeah. I wasn't sure about him he's grown he on me he seemed like a he's Jersey acqu- Shore reject <laughs> he's an acquired taste the LSG I agree with you but Lee Moriarty was the star the commentators the fact that they were they never mentioned AEW by name yeah but the fact that they were saying he's going to bigger and better places for me just seemed really odd it's rough, almost in a way, but it's true. Some would say it's Leon rough. By God, I, I, I still miss you, Leon. <laughs> but it's true, so hey. Yeah, I know, but that's the thing. It, it just, to me, it seemed odd because it's like the commentators may have not noticed, but I feel like us wrestling fans, the way that we watch it, it's like we listen and we like, I don't know how to explain this. But it's like, they're telling us that there's something bigger and better. Hence, therefore, ROH is the minor league. Yeah. Well, I know what you're saying. It is It is crazy to actually outright say that. And it does teach your audience, literally, that that's the case. But I think it's more acknowledging than teaching because we all know it to be true. So, of course. Lean into it. Why not? But but it's kind of like, it's something that always rang a bell for me. Yeah. In, I, I think... Go in, ahead, in, um In... Uh, in um, What's that uh, documentary called? Beyond the Mat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were talking to the, the carney. <laughs> oh. And he said, don't tell these guys that this is the minor league. Right. You know? Like, for them, this is it. Exactly. They're not all going to see WCW. They're not all going to see ECW or WWF. Like, and, this is it for them. And it's the same It's the same mentality with the OHL, with college basketball, with the AHL, with NXT wrestling in a <laughs> lot of ways, Boris 2.0, Braun Breaker. No, Braun Breaker will be on the main roster, hopefully with a better name. Anyway, buddy. <laughs> I, uh, I I largely agree with you. I do think the, the reason why they did it in this specific match is to say, we just beat the guy who got the call up. Like, our guys are, are so good that they're beating, like, the people who, like, are, are getting Interesting. Are, are I never chosen even, one. I didn't I even think, think of that. I think that's why that they would do it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're not wrong. So Yeah, because Chris Dickinson hit the Spicoli driver on Lee Moriarty for the win. Your winner's. Violence Unlimited. So I think there was a great match somewhere in here, but it went a little too long, and the ending was just out of nowhere. They did so many amazing, crazy moves, and then it was just a random Death Valley But this is the issue with modern wrestling. This is one of the major issues I have with even AEW. Yeah. Uh, You have these amazing matches. Yeah. Amazing kickouts. Yeah. Kick out of everything. 
and then the win is a is a roll up. I one million percent agree with you, and those things hurt the match like they did here. <laughs> so yeah, a million percent. So it could have been a great match, but there were certain things wrong with it. I'm still going three and a half handshakes out of five, seventy percent, no lower than a B. This one, this was this was good stuff. All right, but one of my favorite things of the show happened after this match. Casca say Jay Lethal. Ah, let's talk about this. This was not one of my favorite things on the show. It wasn't? No. I love this. Eh. I, I like it when someone just talks from the heart. It was an extremely passionate promo. He was he was speaking for It was heart. out of place. It was it was just a little long and it was just he said the word he said frickin' like yeah. sixteen to twenty times. It was just it was just like it kind of became like self parody at the end, unfortunately, I feel like I, but, but like it was from the heart, man. You know what I mean? And if you were there in that moment, I'm sure it was an incredible promo, but watching it days later and hearing it go, oh, freaking no, the freaking no, it was just like, ah, it's kind of become yeah. a little cheesy, in my opinion. Okay. No, I, I, I somewhat don't respect that. But I respect, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I respect that opinion. I liked it just because to me, when people speak from the heart, especially when so much stuff is happening in the wrestling world, like this is, you know, it's funny. Back in 2016, 2017, a lot of people were calling that like the the high time of wrestling. Yeah. Dude, nothing compared to what we have today. No, yeah, it's it's so funny. It's so it's so true. But like, man, that just goes to show how appreciative we should be of these yeah, things, you know. Right. And like, yeah, I you, you know what you you maybe I'm being a little unfair to no. this Jay Lethal promo because he did come out and he did, you know, speak his mind from the heart. That's always appreciated. It was real. It was still real to him, damn it, in this promo. I don't even think so. Essentially after the match, the losing team of Lee Moriarty, LSG, and John Walters, they're arguing with one another. And then I, you can tell that they were a little taken back when the foundation came out. Yeah, like, I feel like they had no idea this. They was may not happen. have. It might have. They might have been trying to get a genuine reaction because, like, like we said, Jay Lethal was shooting. He was shooting out there, brother, shooting brother, from the hip. <laughs> Back out. So all right. So Jay Lethal also comes out. He takes the mic and he says that it's been a really long time since he didn't have a match at an ROH pay per view, which is very true, and it did feel weird. But it just goes to show you, like, in my opinion, ROH is moving, I don't want to say moving on, but... Yeah, that's too harsh, but I know exactly what you're saying. They are, they are stepping into the future, and they yeah. have to eventually. Yeah. Time is unde- Father time undefeated, but... Yeah. So he says that watching so many talented wrestlers on the card excites him. Lethal said Eli-ism excites him. He said the women's division excites him. Lethal then shook the hands of... <laughs> Lethal shook I'm, the I'm hands of LSG, Sorry. and he called... Uh, Walters a living legend Uh, Lethal took He looked at Moriarty And he said He wishes him the best But he really wished That he could stay back That was nice Yep He then gave a uh, uh, Passionate speech About the pure division He starts name dropping Wrestlers Like Samoa Joe AJ Styles And others he said the world of pro wrestling is going to be pretty damn good, but it's time for pure wrestling to prevail. He reminds people that the pure division isn't new. It's been here since day one, and regardless of what company you're in, the pure division is thriving in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I actually, yeah, like describing the promo almost to me felt better than than the actual watching. It of did go a little promo, long, you know, and it was just it did, the the word frickin' became distracting to me. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. It just don't say it or say fuck. <laughs> just just yeah. you can't be half pregnant, Boris. You can't well, be half pregnant. Here's the next fucking match. <laughs> you know exactly which match it is. Yes, I do. <sighs> the Briscoes versus the OGK, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. I I like the Briscoes. They can't have a bad wrestling match. 
I thought these two wrestlers here, your boys, OGK, did well on this night, but they're just like, they are what they are, man. Like, it's it's just, it's Mike Bennett and Mate. But they've almost become a caricature of the kingdom. Yeah, like, it's, it's, with it's, them and Adam Cole, like, they're almost, like, I just... I just can't with them. Yeah, man. I couldn't back then in their heyday of the kingdom. Yeah, exactly. I can't right now. It's fair, man, just to see like the other members going on to such great heights and these guys just just doing the same old thing. It's kind of it, 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 you know, it's weird. It's like it's like the living embodiment of like if you're like the the, the small town people like that you leave behind like yeah. technical like that that old trope, you know what I mean? It's just like like these are the old guys in high school who never grow up, you know, like kind of thing. Al Bundy, four touchdowns in one game. Like that's honestly how I feel. Like Matt Taven and Mike Bennett are. Yeah, that's funny, man. <laughs> I worked. I worked New Japan. I've done this. I've done the. I could throw this Briscoe a quarter mile. Yeah. All right. God bless the commentators. God bless Ian Riccoboni. I don't think he gets enough credit. Ian Riccoboni is very good. Caprice Coleman, very good. I love the ROH. Uh, love is strong. I really, really enjoy the ROH commentary team. I think they are both very good at their jobs. In this match, I love the fact that they're talking about the, you know, the importance of the tag team division in ROH because they brought the fact that you have former world champs in this match. Yeah. That, and they that care was nice. about the tag team titles and that the tag was nice. team division. Across the board on this show, and you especially saw it in the pure title match, like they talk about how these are athletes, not performers, how they train specifically for various opponents, and how like these are contests that matter. And that was part of that vibe. I really liked it. Yep. Not only did this match feature two of my most, I don't want to say hated, but unliked wrestlers. Despised, reviled. <laughs> no, no, no. That's too Unliked. <laughs> It had my most hated end to a match. The uh, random roll-up out of nowhere? Yep. Ah, yeah. yeah. They hit you with one. They hit you with that right, left. Course, one, two, of, three. Of course Taven did. Of course <laughs> Taven won with a roll-up. <laughs> I do think it's, like we said, it's become a trope, and they do it so often that it, it almost has the opposite effect. You'd think, like, on paper, like, roll-up, one, two, three, out of nowhere, and it's a big shocking. Yeah, but then later in the card, they did something similar, but it was so different that it was so good yeah yeah exactly because you put a twist on it because it's become a trope boris so to just do it straight up it does i i feel you the roll-up so, ending is is tight yeah, so the ogk the original kingdom matt Taven, mike bennett won uh all four men adhere to the code of honor so that's that. Lots to like about this match. I would say it was safely above average. They're, the Briscoes, uh, they were teasing that doomsday device, that one already. Uh, this was their first loss and first sight of adversity since the fight at the farm. So will they respond, Boris? I don't know. But I do think the wrong team won. It went a little long, and Matt Taven and Mike Bennett were happy. The right team won for me. Really? I, I chose them. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> In terms of the pick contest, yes, okay. I was just because you, you just spent uh, 10 minutes burying them deep, deep under the earth. Anyway, I would say it was still an above-average match. We're going to go three handshakes out of five, 60%. C in Canada, Boris. It was a good match. In that no sense. bad matches on this show. Just, no. All right. Then, going from that match to this match, beautiful. Yes. The next match is for the ROH Pure Championship. Jonathan Gresham, your champion, Versus Josh Woods might fight a little bit on this one. I feel like you liked it slightly more than I did, but it was still it was still solid. The storytelling. So 
I, I feel like I'm gonna have to uh, change your mind, just like I did for uh, last week's uh, the NXT UK. Yes, match. yes, you really sold me hard on that one on the Heritage Cup match, and I, I bought into it. The Teoman match. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah, and you know, Teoman versus uh, the former Ben Carter. His name is escaping me right now. Uh, it's not Saxon Huxley. It's the other one. The other oh, one. Oh, 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 it's gonna bug Nathan Fraser. That's it. That's his name. That's his the name. former Ben Carter. Anyway, Boris, please sell me on this one because I didn't think this was a great match. You didn't? I didn't. Oh, shit. Okay. So, they start the story by explaining how good friends these two are. Okay. So, as friends, they know each other really well. They can read each other like a book. They know each other like the back of their hand. Yes. All right. Jump into the match. It was a lot of back and forth. Yes, this match maybe was a little too 50-50. Uh, that, that, yeah, that's kind of the story, like you said. That's kind of they're telling the story of their friends. They're almost equals, right? So yeah, on two, the first two rope breaks of this match were both of them fighting to the corner, like just to the rope. So I thought that was interesting. You, I haven't really seen that before. That's in a that's, match. that's the thing, exactly. They're fighting to the ropes because they know each other so well. They know that this is the only way that yeah. they're not going to submit. That this is the only way the match is going to continue. So it's like in a waist lock spot, almost like they. Were we're just fighting for and what control. I lo- exactly. And what I loved about it was the fact that because both men were struggling in the corner, the referee took charge and he charged both of them with a rope break. Yeah. And that didn't only happen once. It did happen twice in this match. And I thought that was pretty interesting. That it happened was... all three times. Oh, all three rope breaks. All three rope yeah, breaks. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So that's okay. So that's the first one. The second one. They started, like, you know, doing the slaps, doing the punches and whatnot. So, the, you know, um, they got to the corner, they, and, and they wouldn't let go of the corner. So, again, the referee had to step in and say, listen, mofos, you're going to listen to me, or that's it. Right. Rope break yes. for both men. Uh, so Yes, I think one was on the ground and two were standing. That's why, anyway, you're, you're completely right. All, the, all three rope breaks were uh, them in a pretzel getting to the ropes together. Yeah. All right. Then... Rolling around on the mat. Now we're into the technical wrestling portion of the match. They're rolling around. Both men are struggling. Both of their shoulders are down. They both attempt an inside cradle, and it's a 50-50 inside cradle. Referee counts at three. The match is a draw. The fans are unhappy. Commentators are unhappy. More importantly, both Jonathan Gresham and Josh Woods are unhappy. Yeah. So that's kind of a thing that bugged me a little bit. You just, I get, I get that theoretically, like both guys can be pinned, like in, in that situation, it would be a draw. But you just so rarely see that. You just never see that actually called and done. It, so I, then, I, that's why I liked it. Uh, what were we sense. just complaining about? What sense. were we just complaining about? We were just complaining about the inside cradle, the roll-up win. Yeah. And they they took that trope and they actually put a twist on it. And mm-hmm. they, it was a double pin instead of just a cop-out bullshit. One guy gets that. All right. So then your champion gets on the mic and says, that's not how we're ending this match. We're going to continue. Let's ring the bell. Your champion continues the match after the match could have ended. Yes. Think about that. Yeah, true. So he doesn't take the coward's way out. He says that's not acceptable. He wants to win. He wants to beat this guy like a man in the center of the ring, Morris. Yep, exactly. So now, two rope breaks down. The match continues. Uh, The match restarts. They're trading blows. They're trading punches. They're both attempting a leg lock, both near the ropes, and they're both touching the ropes. 
grabbing the ropes. Referee again has to take control, comes in and says, nope. Rope break, so all rope breaks are done for both the men. Right. And, like, yeah, we were kind of both right about the rope break thing. I think the first two were standing. This one was on the ground, and it did it did add a little twist, and it was after the restart. I did like this. It's very competitive. It's a 50-50 match the whole way. Yep. So then the match restarts, and Jonathan Gresham has full control of the match, and he delivers some absolutely devastating offense to Woods. That one elbow to the back of the head looks yeah, like the carrying cross. It's a very tight, gross elbow to the back of the yeah, head. Yeah, like I thought sure. that was yeah. it. Yeah, yeah but it no, could have been a legit KO. Yeah, but no, Woods gets up. Um, then we see um, uh, Woods um, take control finally. He puts Gresham in a tombstone position, but he tosses him behind him, and Gresham took one of the nastiest looking. Bumps. Yeah. So yeah. So this was a, a, a upside down belly to belly suplex. It started in a tombstone position, and then rather than dropping him down on his head, he threw him backwards over his head for a belly to belly suplex like thing from a tombstone. The tombstone plex. Let's call it. Yep. Yeah. Let's, yeah. I like that name. All right. So then Woods covers him as Gresham is literally fading, and we have a new ROH Pure Champion in Josh. Woods. So I, I, you know what? I like the 50-50 story the whole way through. Uh, here's here's my favorite part of this match. What's that? It was the champion who wanted the restart, yeah. and he ends up losing. His hubris, his, his you know, he cost him in the end. But uh, yeah, I love the fact that he invented a new killer move and actually won with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a thing you can do all the time, but you can do it to a much smaller man like Gresham is. But that's a that's a crazy, disgusting bump to take. Josh, Very I feel like Josh Woods could do this to other people. But the like you just said, yeah. who can take it? Exactly, like a very, very dangerous, crazy bump. You saw Gresham, and no, no fault of his own. You saw him like like grab his neck and block his head yeah. on the way up for that bump. And obviously, he should have like. But yeah, so I think you might have sold me to bump this up a little bit, man. Like I think it was actually probably a great match, though. I will say, I think the idea on paper, like the way you spelled it out, was slightly better than it was in execution. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I do think it was a little clunky, perhaps it was, but this was, you know. I did watch it. They went 20 minutes and like... They went 20 yeah, minutes and one second. 20 minutes and one second. There you go. So I do think, you know, I do think this hit a pretty good height and I, I would call it a great match, a worthy way yeah. of ending Jonathan Gresham's And a lot, like I said, I love the fact, so there's two things that made Gresham still look like a superstar. The fact that he continued the match after the fact that he didn't have to yeah. and the fact that he had Woods. He had Woods. He had Woods, but Woods just like, you know, the yeah. contender that wouldn't give up. Exactly. Yeah, man, it's a good bit of storytelling. So, you know what? Let's go as high as four uh, handshakes out of five. A minus 80% in Canada. Good job, fellas. All right, there you go. Then it was time for the ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championship as Shane Taylor Promotions, Shane Taylor, uh, Moses and Khan went up against La Facción Ingobernable, Dragon Lee, Kenny King, La Bestia del Ring. Two things I want to bring up before we start talking about this match. So, Bandito is gone for a while. Knee injury. That's why he was replaced by his dad, La Bestia del Ring. Yes. Not not Bandito. Oh, no. um, Rush. Yes, yes. Rush, sorry. Rush. Rush. Yes. Yes. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Brother of. Brother of. Yes. Yes. Um, But, yeah. And then, also, Dragon Lee could have been triple champ. 
Yeah, that would have been. I, I was kind of halfway expecting it. Same. Three belts on Dragon Lee. Yep, he would have been like the new Ultimo Dragon. Yeah, actually, I wasn't halfway expecting it. I was full on expecting. I was it. too. I actually, the, the contest, fact that they yeah. were talking about it, like, and really hyping it up, yeah. right? All right. So, um, before interesting start to this one, did not see it coming at all. No. So during the introductions, Shane Taylor Promotions is coming out, and that's when Kenny King grabs a chair and just lays out Shane Taylor. You know what's funny? I shouldn't say I didn't expect it because watching him like come down to the ring. I didn't expect it at all, but then, like, it took Shane Taylor a long time to actually get in the ring. He was walking around and walking around and walking around all slowly, and I was like, oh, they're going to do some, something's happening here. Yeah. Like, why hasn't he just gone into the ring yet? Like, yeah. it kind of got your got your uh, spidey senses a tingling there, yeah. Boris. Yep. Um, so, Shane Taylor is laid out. He can't continue. O'Shea Edwards steps up. He takes his spot in the match, and then the match started. Man... Oh, man. I, I thought this would be a perfect explanation for why the six-man titles changed hands. Here. Yes, that's exactly where I was going with this. A little bit of a swerve on us. Yeah, but... Uh, Still they, very they good match. The swerve. They, they swerved the swerve. They put the hat on top of the hat, but, you know, sometimes uh, you got to wear two hats, I guess. This yeah. actually kind of worked. So this was like your typical trios match, for lack of a better word. Somehow, La Best of the Ring can still do a suicide dive. Yeah, man, it's impressive. That is an old ass man. <laughs> like, it's crazy. The man can barely walk, you, but he can do a suicide dive. This is not an original point. Brian Alvarez and Vinny V talk about this on the Brian and Vinny show a lot. But you you hear so many, like if you watch these old shows, Larry Sabisco was terrible for saying these luchadors, they're going to have like five year careers. They're going to all be in wheelchairs. But in actuality, luchadors, the old luchadors have somehow much more longevity than American wrestlers. They live to be 65, 70, and they work that whole time. Look at AAA and CMLL. How many times do we see 50-plus-year-olds? Full chalk, full of old-ass men, Boris. <laughs> just chalk That gives full. us hope. <laughs> <laughs> We're just nearing our prime, homie. Just nearing it. Not even close to it yet. But, yeah, so, you know, it, it, like I said, it was your typical trios match. It was one-on-one. -on -one. Everyone had their spot. There was one moment where everyone had a spot to yeah. do, and then everyone went for a dive onto the outside, and then this left Kenny King alone in the ring, and it was none other than Shane Taylor runs back in, hits Kenny King with a chair to the head. Referee doesn't see it. Moses pins King to win the match. I did like that. I liked that a lot. I thought this was... I. Near the same level to the previous six-man tag, but uh, like a different side of the coin. Like it wasn't necessarily the same PWG style, like go, 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 move, 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 move. It was more of a bit of a storyline, bit slower, but there were still crazy high spots because it's a wrestling match in 2021. So I really enjoyed this match for what it was. I thought it was a more complete package than the previous match, which was probably the previous six-man tag, which is probably the more spectacular match. Yeah. But overall, they're kind of on the same level. Here's the thing, though. Shane Taylor Promotions, Moses, Khan, and O'Shea Edwards are going to be superstars. Yeah, that's a really good group, man. I like all four guys a lot. And definitely, like, the six-man tag that they presented today without Shane Taylor, it was kind of like a weird decision, but ultimately, I think it was the right decision. Give yep. O'Shea some shine. Ha, I like that. Yeah. All right, so your winners and still six-man tag team champs, Shane Taylor Promotions, Matt, how would you rate this match? You know, three and a half handshakes out of five, 70%, much like the previous six-man tag. Similar, like we said, similar yep. kind of match. All right, so match number eight of the night, match number seven of the main card. It is time for the end of the women's 
World Championship Tournament. It's been a month and a half in the making. Miranda Alize versus Roxy. Might steal one more beer from you for this one if it's okay, homie. Oh, of course. Let me let me pause this. All right, we're back. So, Boris, the uh, the previous match, the ROH... No, sorry, not the previous match. The ROH pure title match. I think that was my silver medal match of the show. Even before you convinced me to bump it up to, to four handshakes out of five. I still would have given it my silver medal. I still think it was, you know, the thing I enjoyed the second most. It was a really good bit of storytelling. Yep. This was my gold medal, buddy. This, as they say, stole the show. This was the best match on this Ring of Honor show. Was Miranda Alize versus Roxy for the women's title. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. But, did the commentator say that both women were trained by Booker T? It sounded like that. Right? I believe they said that. I know that. Roxy for sure. Yes. I, I Well, they said that. Yeah. I, I, I heard that. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like... Man, Booker. Booker's he's doing got, that work. Good well, for you, Booker. Did you team. see the TV deal he got? No. Yeah, he's got a hell of a TV deal. We'll talk about that next week. Interesting. Yeah, uh, let's do it. But yeah, so this match, this kind of blew me away. This was the best match I've ever seen Roxy have by far. She's only 19. I've only seen her have Dude, the three 19, matches in this tournament. Six-year veteran. Six-year veteran at 19. But yeah, this was a great performance by her. Definitely the best match I've ever seen Miranda Alize have. Again, I am new to these performers. I've seen them have a half dozen matches at best each. I think Roxy I've only seen in this tournament. So, but yeah, it was it was a great match. It uh, went, what did it go, like 15-16? Yep, something like that. Yeah, and it was just, it was a very worthy final of this tournament. This, this belt is kicked off properly in the right way. It felt like a star-making performance. We got a great little feel-good moment at the end of this match. The strikes were on point. Everything was good. There was uh, Miranda Alize was being like the heel, the cocky, mouthy heel, which is literally one of my favorite. She took gimmicks. a bite. Yeah, at a crime. <laughs> oh man, she. There's a there. I love a cocky, mouthy heel, Boris. Yeah. That, that honestly, that's why I love the allure. Yeah, like I feel you. They might not be the best wrestlers, but their character work is just so good that you kind of just like forget the, the other stuff. Right? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I thought this so, match stole the show, man. 100%. I agree with you. Miranda Elise, as you said, was the heel of the match. And, you know, I feel like the entire story was, I'm facing this rookie. Yeah. I got this. Exactly. And then you can see the frustration start. Yeah. She she took her lightly coming in, but with every second that passed in this match, she was like, she realized more and more that the Roxy is actually as advertised. She is a prodigy. She is a stud. She could be a long-term star in this business. And the right the right woman won, and they had to do this if they were properly telling the story. I'm so glad that they actually did this and didn't and hop out they, on And it. I love the fact that the commentators, yet again, planting some seeds, and they said... You know Chelsea Green is uh, watching this match closely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we saw Maria come down, hand the title to young Roxy when she won. Yep. So Roxy uh, hit the code red for the win. Maria Canellis walks in, gives her the belt, and she's crying. And I just love this. There's just something so humble. Yeah. About when the family yeah. walked in. Her parents come into the ring. Mom gives a big hug. Dad gives a big hug. Mom is much taller than Roxy. Yeah. Where, where she was wearing serious heels, though. That was pretty great. But uh, yeah, I thought this was this was a very nice moment for the, for the young for the young lady winning the title in front of her family. And uh, man, this was a this was a great match. I uh, I didn't watch the main event. I have to be honest. 
But this was my gold medal thing on the show. This was the best thing I saw on Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, 28. Four handshakes out of five, and it's going to contend for the bottom of my match of the year list. Honestly, I agree. This was the match of the night for me. I'm glad to hear that. Um, Yeah, it was such a... You know what it was also? It was the feel-good moment. Such a feel-good moment. Such just a genuine, nice moment, man. So good. Yeah, I, like I said, like great match. Definitely, I would say, go out of your way to see it. Roxy, she is a champ. She's a superstar. Uh, you know what? So, I'm telling you to wrap it up, but this is I want to end it with one last point. ROH commentators for a month and a half have been calling Roxy the Connor McDavid. The LeBron the James. The LeBron James. You know, the rookie of the year. Whatever you want to call it. Of the division. And she actually won. She actually won. They were right. They weren't lying to us. Is it just me? <laughs> Do we watch? I don't even watch a lot of WWE, but I feel like yeah. WWE has scarred me so much that when you hype someone up for so long, They're gonna you lose. expect them to lose. Exactly. Yeah, we are. We are. Uh, yeah, it's it's an abusive relationship, the WWE fandom, man. But yeah, like I think you're right. I think like uh, I think we're kind of conditioned to like. I was very worried that Roxy was gonna lose and she was gonna have to build up this moment. But no, she's just a star. She's just the best already. And the other women have to raise up to her level. You yeah, know? she's the prodigy. She is the prodigy. That's the way it goes. All right, main event time for a way elimination match for the ROH World Championship. Bandito, your champion, versus Brody King, Matt's favorite, versus EC3, versus Demonic Flamita. You know what's funny? I didn't know it was an elimination match. I would have actually watched it. I Well, we were running low on time. I watched the show this morning, like I said, and I was just like, well, did, how, how good's the main event? Was it a great match? And obviously, Boris, you did not think so. You said, perhaps I didn't need to watch it. Let's just record. So that's what happened. I thought it was a fine match. I'm sure it was very good. Look at those four names. It's not going to be bad. No, it's not going to be bad, but it's not going to be Roxy versus Miranda Alize good. Right. You know? So here's the thing. They did some cool stuff. I will say this. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should have watched this. I don't know. We'll you know see. what? I would have. I actually, that's what I was used to say. Had I known it was elimination, I actually probably would have watched all, all right. that. Because because well, maybe I'll go back and watch it. But who knows? You should just go. Honestly, go back and watch it. Uh, all right. It is worth your time to watch it. Very good. I can talk about it. I'll rate it. So here's the thing that happened. So there's a lot of stories going on between the four guys. EC3 and Demonic Flamita have had a back and forth. Brody King and Bandito have had a back and forth. You have the faction versus faction stuff going on with Violence Unlimited. And, you know, and everyone is just like, there's a lot of stuff happening in this match. And I absolutely like just the storytelling was fantastic. But this is what happened. So at one point, Demonic Flamita grabs a chair, hits EC3 with it, referee isn't seeing. EC3 being cocky, being an asshole, being um for lack of, you know, a hothead. Yes. Grabs a chair, hits Demonic Flamita, but the referee sees it. Oh, catches the retaliation. Classic NHL move. The classic almost Eddie Guerrero. It was almost an Eddie <laughs> Guerrero like move. Yeah, I love it. But yeah, classic thing in sports. They never catch the original infraction Boris, but they always catch the retaliation, buddy. And that's how EC three gets eliminated first. No, I, I kinda like that. I kinda like that story. Kind of keeps him uh Keeps him near the top. It's kind of like a storyline. Good, decent storyline way to get him up. Yep. I like that. Yep. And then it was Brody King versus Demonic Flamita, essentially. De- uh, and Brody King just fucking... De- de- like, Brody <laughs> King was made to look like a superstar here. Yeah. yeah. And they did just that. Um, so Brody King hits Demonic Flamita with the all-seeing eye, pins him. Demonic Flamita's gone. Then you get the final two men with Bandito and Brody King. They had a great... Uh, 
great little big guy versus small guy, even though Bandito isn't small. Yeah, he's but small you, comparatively. You bring a mask on someone, you just yeah. assume that they're small. <laughs> it's funny I don't how know. that works. Eh? Yeah. It's just it's like one of those things in wrestling, right? Yeah, you, you throw a mask on someone, you immediately think like cruiser, cruiserweight luchers going to do flips. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's funny because Bandito, that's not his style. Not really, no. He, I mean, he's agile. He, he's not like not. He's not like grounded. He's, He's not a ground-based Pokemon. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like he can he can outrun me, I'm certain. But <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, it's like you said he's not well, he's not Ricochet in there. Yeah. Oh, oof. I always forget about him. <laughs> Anyways, um so yeah, this this one-on-one encounter was pretty good. This match overall didn't go too long. I loved Oh yeah, you didn't watch this. That's why you don't understand why I love the ending of this match. So, no, yeah, please tell me. Okay, so they do the rolls, you know, when you when you lock the person's leg and yeah, you start like the, rolling, yeah, like the European, yeah, like, uh, do they call it the Oklahoma roll? That might be something else, but it might be that, yeah, yeah. The European rolling. wrestling does it a lot. Yeah, they're just rolling around, rolling around, yeah, rolling around, rolling around, and then uh, Bandito locks the legs of Brody King, and this is after Brody King demolished him, right? Locks the legs gets the win. That's the pin. See, I both like that because that's clever, but did not we just see a pure rules match? Did Jonathan Gresham not do that exact same spot to win a match like one or two matches ago? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so yeah. Eh, eh. Yeah. But yeah. but you know what? I like I like it. It should work more often than the zero times it's worked in wrestling history previous <laughs> to that. So let's go with it. Yeah. So you're your winner and still ROH champion Bandito. So after the match the entire foundation, they come out, they celebrate with Bandito. Jay Lethal's back. He shakes his hand. And then Jonathan Gresham is also out. Ah. Jonathan Gresham shakes his hand. I love it. As he's shaking his hand, he looks at the belt. Do a handshake. Yeah, there he, you go. he looks at the belt. <laughs> ah, interesting. It was really interesting. cool. It's those subtle yeah. stuff in wrestling, right? So we are going to get Jonathan Gresham moving up, as they say, to the yep. world title picture. Yep. Mm. Yep. Mm. And then the righteous comes out. Vincent, who already has a title shot. Yes, because he won that cage match thing. He just. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's like a mention of Matt Taven, and I just like can't. (laughs) Sorry to completely throw you off your mojo there. But yeah, Vincent comes out. He's clapping, and that's how the show essentially ends. Now, here's my one thing about ROH. There's too many title shots lingering. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there's, it's, it's tough to keep track of. It could be worse. could be NWA Power where seven people have like a money in the bank uh, right oh, yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you're right. I, I think so. I think there should be like one, perhaps two, but most of the time one number one contender yep. and that's it. <laughs> so overall, I'm going to have to give this match three and a half handshakes out of five. Very good. All right. B, solid B in Canada. And uh, I'll, I'll definitely check it out, man. I, I, I you, There's no reason not to come this far on the show just wanted to get this show out to the patrons the good the good listeners yeah so yeah like overall not the best pay-per-view but nothing was bad nothing was bad everything Except was for the a, battle royal yes okay so battle royal bad one of the worst things we've ever reviewed on this show actually like not like negative star like boogeyman versus jillian hall stuff but like as bad as wrestling gets other than that it was just not good. <laughs> so yeah, so next week on our on our show here, we're going to talk a little Ring of Honor as per usual. There's no pay-per-views, but we're going to do the top five cage matches of all time. We'll pose a question on the Facebook board. Boris, if you want to do a top five as well, you can. but I'll do my own top five for sure. And let's talk uh, 
If we can find it, I think we'll be able to. Let's talk Suzuki versus Jonathan Gresham. Suzuki and Jonathan Gresham. Minoru Suzuki versus Jonathan Gresham. That is happening in a GCW ring, I think, Friday. 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 Yep. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. All right. If you are coming from the Sunday night's main event feed as a patron, thank you, number one. Um, so remember, here's the schedule for the rest of the week. Tomorrow, you're going to get the old fucks talking about all things dynamite. And then Saturday, you get not one but two shows. You got the old fucks yet again. And they're going to be rampaging about other stuff as they talk about rampage. Featuring a young gun this week. I'm yep. stepping in for Mr. Mouth. Yeah, yeah. Good old Mateo is going to be on that show. Um, then you get the Smack Daddies talking all things SmackDown. Then on Sunday, it is time for the main show. Jason Agnew is going to hit you up. Dave Meltzer is going to be on, and this week's, uh, you know, every week he brings up one of the patron hosts. It's my turn this week. Uh, we're going to be talking NXT 2.0. Back out. Back out. <laughs> Ron Breaker. <laughs> oh, it's, it's just ridiculously stupid for a number of reasons. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, if you're coming from the Boris and Matt, the BAM Sports Entertainment feed, go check out the Sunday night's main event patron patron.com slash SNME radio you get one show a week sorry why do I always say a week one yeah. show a day every for week one dollar a week baby for one dollar a week like that's crazy the amount of content plus you got a bunch of extras and we got a good team man like I say like we were doing well like I think we're, we're building it up strong we're trying to give you some good shows I hope we're succeeding yeah, I hope so too man Hope so too. So, like I said, next week we're going to be talking some Suzuki versus Gresham cage matches and whatever comes up. And I feel like we're going to be talking the Queen's AEW show. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, that's a really good call. We'll have to talk it because there's going to be. Remember that time Rosario Dawson wasn't afraid of the guy that kicked everyone's ass? <laughs> that's a minor nitpick. I hadn't even thought of that until this moment, though, to be completely honest with you. But I see why you're angry about that one. But yeah, so we record Thursday, so we're going to be right in between the two Arthur Ashe shows. We'll definitely talk a little bit about that, man. But uh, yeah, also, if there's any retro requests, Please feel free to send them to us. We will review basically any wrestling show that you want to hear us review. Almost especially, anything. Uh, especially at this point. Almost anything. Almost anything. Probably not One Night in China. Pretty much anything else. Pro probably <laughs> not the best of the kingdom DVD. <laughs> Please don't request that. It will not go over well. I would. I would. <laughs> you would. You're, you hate the kingdom much more than I do. Just the shit on something. <laughs> it could anyway, be fun. Yeah. He's Matt. I'm Boris. This is BAM Weekly. Good night. Yeah.